0: The Gaily Prophet is 100% supported by listeners like you. Help keep this podcast going by visiting thegailyprophet.com and clicking on Donate, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled, and that's your choice in this world.
1: Gay people love ponds.
0: I'm dead. We have to stop this
1: podcast. (laughs) This book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about plum velvet. (laughs) You shouldn't have been drinking when I said that.
0: <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person.
1: I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. <laughs> Let's
0: talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, of podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin Dandy, Lark Malachi Gray.
1: And I am Griffin Dagger Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount, and we are talking about Chapter Fifteen, Aragog. We are getting into the home stretch of this book, you guys. We are. We, y'all, we're like, what are like two or three chapters from the end?
0: Yeah, three. Oh,
1: oh wow! So two
0: chapters from the climax, three chapters from the end, because okay. there's a whole additional chapter at the end of this book that's like after everything goes down. So.
1: Yeah. I'm actually I'm really actually excited for the actual action to happen. I already have like what my summary of that chapter is going to be. I'm very excited about
0: it. Nice. I wrote I wrote the song for the end of this book like (laughs) seven months ago or something (laughs) so I'm really excited to get that out. Oh my god.
1: Uh, Anyway so in this chapter all of Harry's friends and mentors are gone uh, <laughs> <laughs> hagrid is gone dumbledore is gone hermione is petrified so uncovering what happens falls to 12 year old harry who for the record does a pretty good job of the cryptic info he's been given following the spiders into the forbidden forest to meet the worst of hagrid's friends Aragog, the nightmarishly huge Aramantula. Aragog tells Harry that he's that he's not the monster terrorizing the school something even worse than him and that the girl who died was found in a bathroom after a herring escape in which Ron is scarred for life Harry finally figures out who was killed by the basilisk moaning Myrtle. dun 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 <laughs> dun,
0: dun are they I think they're acromantulas Acromantula.
1: Right? I didn't actually look it up before I tried to pronounce what that word is
0: We don't even learn the word for them until, what, book six? Yeah. Acromantulas.
1: Acromantulas. I
0: think so. Giant
1: nightmare spiders. Yeah. That's that's what I would be referring to them as, but...
0: Yeah. I like giant nightmare spider anyway. It's better.
1: (laughs) Much more metal name. Yeah. So, actually, hilariously, and Lark, I might have sent this to you in December, which is species of spider named after the Sorting Hat, because the back of it looks like a little, like pointed, like witch hat.
0: Yes, you did. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, I guess
0: anyway, we gonna... <laughs> start this newspaper off with today's headlines: giant spiders nearly murder local teens, but no one was available to cover the story because fuck that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry in advance, anyone who has a really huge fear of spiders, because this chapter is real gross. And, like, the movie, it's like, I don't even want to look at a giant spider. I just don't.
0: I mean, at least it's, like, terrible CGI. Yeah. Imagine if it was made now. It'd be way worse.
1: (laughs) They would have to, like, make it intentionally bad, because I feel like really good CGI would be horrifying for a movie. like 12 or 13 year olds yeah anyway
0: yeah this chapter is really upsetting anyway we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper
1: <laughs> uh, i'm gonna get started because there's a bit in this chapter where draco was gloating and then he's, like, sucking up to Snape. It's like, oh, Snape, you should be headmaster. I'll put in a award with my father. You think you're the best? Anyway, blah blah Which, of course, in retrospect, once Snape does become headmaster, Snape is unhappy about it. And if Draco was at school, he'd also be unhappy about it. <laughs> and so I just wonder if, like, Draco, like, thinks about it and just is like, ugh.
0: <laughs> like,
1: years later.
0: Draco was at school. In the seventh book?
1: yeah i guess for some reason i thought he wasn't at school that year because he's at the manor when they capture it's christmas break it's christmas break you're right
0: but also he's super pissed at snape so i'm sure he is mad about it no matter what
1: i feel like he's mad about it and i feel like the caros torturing students is probably not a thing in reality draco wants to see (laughs) that's true i feel like and like his parents are at the manor with Voldemort and like not necessarily in high favor I feel like Draco's having a pretty shitty year a pretty shitty seventh year
0: yeah I agree with you anyway Uh, my most pressing question for this whole entire chapter is who is taking care of Fang Why is Fang still in Hagrid's cabin? This is kind of an editorial, but I am so upset about it that I want to make sure we talk about it before we talk about anything else. Who is taking care of this dog? He should not be all alone in Hagrid's cabin. He should be, I don't know, in another teacher's quarters. I have no idea who's taking care of Fang. It's really upsetting. I mean
1: yeah i I feel there isn't anything i can say about that um maybe mcgonagall is i don't know
0: whoever's taking care of fang should like i mean fang is a dog that's used to being around someone like 24 7 like taking care of fang does not mean just like letting him out and feeding him
1: yeah i know i mean i yeah and i think in that regard no one is taking care of fang like someone is feeding fang that is the extent of what is happening it's just so upsetting it is very upsetting
0: fang reminds me so much of rufio which (laughs) i think makes it even harder for me rufio's like i will literally die if i go without like human touch for more than 15 minutes you know but especially in this chapter when he's just like cowering and screaming and like you know Barking, But really what he's doing is like hiding in a corner. I'm just like, oh, my little baby. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about it. Sorry. I'm just
1: trying to imagine which one of the professors is the most likely to like. Sprout. Wait, no. Whoever teaches care magical creatures at this point, maybe like hangs out with Fang some because someone is doing it before Hagrid becomes the teacher
0: right whatever their name is who retires to spend time with their remaining limbs (laughs) uh yeah so maybe not like no human interaction just much less
1: human interaction yeah because like hagrid has to be very close with whoever is in care of magical creatures that's true that seems that it goes without
0: saying yeah i feel slightly better
1: and hagrid does leave hogwarts on occasion So she has to have someone where she's like, can you like pet fang while I'm gone?
0: That's also true. Okay. I accept. (laughs) What's next? Uh, Ernie's apology
1: to Harry is very cute.
0: Yeah, my notes say we should all be like Ernie. That's so brave. Like it's really, really hard to own when you've been shitty like that. And like I don't just this is like really good modeling for how to make up for it when you're a big jerk.
1: Also clearly another reason why Hufflepuff is the best house. Yes. Yes. So Again, I don't know why y'all shit on Hufflepuff because (laughs) this is some good like emotional maturity that's happening that I'm like, wow. Yep. we should all be aspiring to this so
0: yeah good job ernie and good job harry too less good job ron as i mean usual.
1: <laughs> i mean shocking <laughs> i can't can't say i'm totally surprised that ron will continue to have this grudge
0: yeah so that fucking guy okay so i want to know Why are all of these big, important conversations taking place two weeks after the things happened? Did they have no class for two weeks or what? Because why would this conversation between Draco and Crab and Goyle be taking place two weeks later and then also in the same day that conversation with Ernie happens? because draco's talking to crab and goyle this whole conversation of like i always knew it would be father who got dumbledore sacked blah 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 blah. and i know that it's for harry that he's saying that presumably but this wouldn't be the first class that they had together in two weeks so i just don't understand because it would have been so easy for it not to be two weeks later you know what I mean? From a writing standpoint. So
1: I feel like this might be a correction because you're right. It, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it's weird, right? I feel be, like I did... it goes to the length to be like Harry was confused for two weeks about why Draco was strutting around and then he like had this conversation in potions. It's like, but why would he wait two weeks to have that conversation in potions? That's nonsense. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, there shouldn't be a time gap there
1: is I think what that comes down to. Alright then. What's next? Just more nightmare fuel logistics is that Harry's in the greenhouse when he sees some spiders going in a single file line. How big are these spiders? He's in a build I mean, granted, a greenhouse, glass is made of glass mainly. But like every game I've ever been into The windows are, like, not, like, they're not that clear. So I'm, like, how, how large are these spiders if he's, like, be able to be, like, oh, there's some spiders walking into the forest that I can see from, like, eight feet away or whatever or four feet away?
0: Moving in the grass?
1: Through, like, what is probably, like, condensation.
0: That's a really good question.
1: He should not be able to see those spiders unless those spiders are, like, the size of, like, regular tarantulas which is gross
0: I only have one more front page which is just that I think it's really funny this line that Harry had hoped to never go into the forbidden forest again <laughs> womp womp viewer that's one wish that is not coming true for you Harry Potter
1: I'm about to say does he go into the forest in literally every book definitely okay it doesn't seem very forbidden, really. I mean, it is. But, like, Harry's in there every year with yep. multiple people. Yeah. Uh, and a few things. First thing is, of course, the flying car to the rescue is, like, just my favorite part of this chapter. And they keep petting it like it's a dog, like, like multiple times or further it like it's, like, a dog. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So... And it just makes me sad we never see this car ever again. Just like it's just in the it's just in the woods in the forest, living its wild car life, I guess.
0: Brewing its own fuel out of like unicorn poop or something.
1: I mean if it's enchanted, does it need fuel? I I assume not.
0: Probably not.
1: Alright. Also I guess I don't know if we'll keep this in considering you're classified, but I just want to point out more of a... Hagrid's dyke energy which is finding her friend a wife
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh no (sighs) the only thing that makes it not dyke energy is that Hagrid never slept with Mosag before hooking up her and Aragog
1: that's fair (laughs) that is also very fair actually I have just one more front page Okay. Which is the extreme mood of this chapter, which is Ron puking in the pumpkin patch after getting back to Hagrid's hut. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, same. Have you ever vomited from fear? I feel like I've been close to vomiting from fear. Mostly because I have really intense plane anxiety. But that could also be turbulence. No, I think it mostly it was fear. I have, like, I've never actually done it, but I feel like I've been very close. Hmm. So, because... Planes are scary to me.
0: I don't think I've ever had, like, a vomit response to being afraid. But I do feel like it's a very, it's very appropriate for Ron to have that response to what has happened to him in this Mm -hmm. chapter.
1: I mean, we talk a lot of shit about Ron. Ron is a good friend for like being like alright for not being like okay bye Harry have fun in the forest <laughs> which That's is true. I think what I would have maybe thought about too
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah like oh yeah you want me to go like chase the only thing in this world that makes me have like a straight up panic attack let me just go with you mm-hmm. sounds great yeah
1: into the into the forbidden forest and like pitch blackness right yeah so dark
0: the dark upsets me i think more than the following the spiders part
1: that part actually is also upsetting because it's really scary to be in the woods at night like that i feel like and you're just like going into a place called the forbidden forest it's like
0: yeah and like god fucking remember what happened last time harry was in there and he was like almost murdered by voldemort like how is he so chill about being in these haunted, terrible woods again?
1: Right. It's like, I mean, I'm assuming that, like, part of taking Fang is me able to get back to Hogwarts. But, like, something could have eaten them. I mean, besides just the spiders. Like, I don't know.
0: I'm sure there's all sorts of shit in there. Right. Yeah.
1: Just regular ass things to be concerned about.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of concerning things, you want to go to education? Yeah. Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. My, okay, so my first note says, look. Look. If you think that someone is going to break into the hospital wing and murder students, you should probably close your school.
1: (laughs) It takes them a really long time to be like, maybe we should close the
0: school. Seems like a solid, solid litmus for whether or not you should close your school. If you're like, no, you two 12-year-olds can't come visit your friend because we legitimately think that someone is going to come murder these petrified students in the hospital wing. There should not be students in your school anymore. It's a bad plan. Yeah. (laughs) Everything about this chapter, though, very much, like, why is this school still open? Like, everything about the way that the students are described, like, everyone is terrified and, like, every time someone laughs they get, like, really uncomfortable and, like, everyone's so sad and just these are kids why
1: right and it seems like the teachers are just as stressed out and like no one's trying to like comfort them honestly it's surprising that it's not like you, that it's not showing people being taken out of school if my child written to me and be like yeah everyone's up pretty good about this whole monster that's been petrifying kids i'd be like you know some time for you to come home actually we can homeschool you the rest of this year yeah like, what?
0: Yeah, that's not sustainable. <laughs> it's, not, it's
1: not. Yeah.
0: I don't know, man. Yeah.
1: Actually, it does seem kind of weird that, like, everyone's still at the school. <laughs> I know. Because, like, even if Hogwarts is keeping it quiet, like, I'm sure people are riding home being like, oh, hey, guess what? Another one of my classmates just started laughing hysterically for no reason out of, out of fear. <laughs> Normal day at Hogwarts.
0: You would think that, I mean, you would think that that was happening and that parents would be like, no, this, we can't with this. But the fact that that's not, doesn't seem to be happening. No one's being pulled out of school is like, maybe there's some sort of like, uh, charm or whatever put on them so that they can't talk about it.
1: That does sound just fucked up enough for a thing that would actually happen. Right technology curse alert
0: listeners we are returning from a technology curse break welcome back to us Um, sorry if you can hear the roaring winds of angry computer fans in the background of this episode there's nothing we can do about it that we have tried resuming our education section we don't know where we were but probably it was somewhere along the lines of why is this school still open? This is terrible.
1: Oh, I think we were talking about if we think that is the, like, kind of like a, basically like a gag order. Oh. Like a gag order charm, which is why kids aren't being pulled from this fucking school right now.
0: Good, good memory, Jesse. <laughs>
1: I'm actually surprised that I did, so.
0: Um... Yeah, no, I, yes, I think that probably has to be the case, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Little parting gift from Dumbledore, maybe. Actually, I don't know. Probably, I don't know if it was him or not,
0: but. It's probably just, like, written into, like, the school bylaws that, like, you have to protect the school's reputation by any means necessary.
1: (laughs) Which is funny, because it's, like, I mean, they're the only school in, like, the Wizarding UK... Which is actually interesting because if there's like three schools in magical schools in Europe, which is, I, I could go off on why that's ridiculous. is only like one in like the US and like one in the entire continent of Africa, whatever. But like you would think that then Hogwarts would get kids if like someone's like in Germany is like, well, I don't want to send my kid to like Dermstrag. So they're going to Hogwarts, you know?
0: Is it the case that it's only the three schools or just that those are, like, maybe, like, the three most, like, oldest schools or, like, the ones with the best reputation or something like that?
1: Like, they're the Ivy League of, like, Basically, magic schools? Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I was under the impression that they were... I mean, does it doesn't make any sense for there only to be three schools? Like, it makes sense for every country to have multiple schools. It
0: does. I um, mean, maybe in Europe, one school per country makes sense. Like, I've lived in many a state bigger than many European countries. This is this is true. Um, and given the size of the witching population, like, one school is probably sufficient. I mean, look, Hogwarts has what, like, three hundred and fifty kids, and they serve all of the uk but but it still seems like i mean maybe like luxembourg doesn't need its own school maybe they can go to school with the belgian kids is that geography sure
1: yes i
0: I tried really hard you guys but you all know Uh, that geography is not my strong suit sorry wherever I, i i honestly can't even
1: tell you where luxembourg is on a map
0: it's so, like so small it's
1: near it's near switzerland though is not it between switzerland and belgium
0: sounds really great i don't know <laughs> let's not
1: yeah let's anyway people
0: make fun of us for a long time when we try to do geography on
1: this that's podcast. fair okay anyway um but
0: for sure like probably in the u.s you could have like one for new england but then like every state probably needs one and like all of the countries in Africa likewise probably need their own.
1: <laughs> actually, I have a very elaborately well-thought-out head canon about United States magical schools, which I would love to do an entire episode. You've about been saying, in Patreon.
0: you've been saying that we need an episode about the U.S. witching sis- situation. Since we started doing this, we should probably actually do that for our patrons. I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway. I Uh, find it really tragic. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're going to say. Just Harry's thing about how he doesn't know what to do with Dumbledore's final words to him because there's no one to ask for help who isn't also sad and upset. It just is like... Ugh, it just hurts my heart.
1: Yeah, I'm like... I find myself for this chapter thinking about, like, how grim the staff room is. And then... Like I feel like I feel like staff meetings are really sad, except for the moments when like everyone is thinking individually about how they would kill Lockhart and get rid of his body because he is just like everything's great, and it's like if they hadn't already want to kill him for the past however many months has been, they're definitely like okay if. Two of us do it, and then everyone else is just like, we'll just do, like, you know, <laughs> someone can secret keep it, and no one has to know <laughs> that he murdered Lockhart. Amazing. Okay, so I do have an education thing that's not depressing. Great. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Okay, so I don't remember which episode, whatever episode we talked about where the kids go that's not the library, the Great Hall, in their common room. Yeah. And it's like, there's gotta be. So they don't say where in this chapter, but they do allude the fact that the common room is packed because no one else has anywhere to go. Right. So like what it sounds like is even like in the evening, it sounds like not everyone's just like, not everyone is like just hanging out in the common room. It sounds like people are just like off doing wherever, somewhere else, if it's like so packed that...
0: You know, well, they could be and studying it, like on the grounds or in the library, or they could be playing Quidditch or at Gobstones Club or chess. Probably, I'm, I'm.
1: I assume there's a chess club. Yeah. So, right on top of like, I don't know, hanging out in empty classrooms because there's so many of them.
0: Yeah, there really needs to be a, like a student lounge or s- several.
1: I don't know. I think. It makes me wonder if maybe there are and, like, Harry just doesn't know it because he only has two friends.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And Hermione just loves the library so much. I mean, he's
1: not. you don't really even necessarily see, like, Hermione and Ron interacting with other people either. No. So I feel, like, I feel like it's sort of the reason why... I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we don't ever hear about how many, like drugs happen at hogwarts but like the kids don't get invited to those parties no they they have no idea like how much magical weed is smoked on the grounds or whatever right so
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man i feel like we should be on the lookout for any time That they, like, have encounters with other characters, like, (laughs) offhanded, where we could read the other character as, like, having recently been, like, smoking weed in the bushes. I feel like as the books progress, I feel like there's definitely got to be times for that.
1: Which actually, if this was written by, if this was aimed at a slightly older audience, the twins would totally be dealing drugs also. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... If anyone's going to invent the wizarding version of ecstasy, it's going to be the twins. That's super true. That's super true. So yeah, Harry needs to expand his horizons about where he spends time at at Hogwarts. He really
0: does. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up.
1: Just the amount that Draco like opens his mouth and words from Lucius Malfoy come out is just
0: It's just it's like this entire book. I know. My whole my whole sentiment about Draco in this chapter is summed up in the word ug. He doesn't even like he doesn't know what the fuck he's saying. You know what I mean?
1: Have you have you ever seen the documentary Jesus Camp? No. There's a documentary where it's basically about young people who are going to who are like in like the fundamentalist Christian that's their lives and they go to like these Bible camps that teach them like really ridiculous, terrible, like fundamental Christian stuff. And like the things that they say that'll come out of the mouth of a like round-faced blonde child is horrifying and disgusting and very sad because it's like it's like watching children who are brainwashed like vomit up the vile things that like fundamentalist Christians are brainwashing their children to say
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just it's like it's just it's very cringe-inducing and I feel like this is basically what's happening in this chapter with Draco where it's just like you've just been so I don't know if brainwash is the right word because this is the life that he's growing up in but it's like at this point he is not ever considered anything except for like what his parents believe and he is their he is their mouthpiece
0: yeah totally because he, he literally doesn't even have anything to compare for instance Dumbledore's efficacy as headmaster against to make <laughs> these claims you know right it's like oh yes yeah, like is the worst Headmaster Hogwarts has ever had. It's like, I, don't know, I just I have Marcel the Shell with shoes on in my head going, compared to what? <laughs> <laughs> just <sighs> such a particularly, like, time-stamped reference. <laughs> it's like if you missed, like, a two-month period of, what, 2009? You have no idea what that's about, and probably never will. Um. Also, Lockhart is such a tool in this chapter. <sighs> uh-
1: <laughs> if like Draco is like "uh" and like lowercase, like all lowercase, Lockhart is like "uh" like all caps and like just goes on. In a line for, like, 20 characters. Uh-huh.
0: This is Cause... very astute. It uh, is... <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, He's just the worst. I just... I want to say I can't believe that he would say, but obviously I can believe it because it's, like, perfectly in character. But is the exact quote... It's something like... The minister... Wouldn't have taken Hagrid if he wasn't one hundred percent sure that she was guilty. It's like you grew up in this world. You are a a grown human. You know how the justice system in this world works. Why would you say that? Like,
1: and especially from Lockhart, where it's like being such a intense scam artist that he is is aware about how incompetent and lackluster the justice system is right and i'm like
0: right he knows how easy it would have been for anyone to go like do a memory charm on fudge to make him decide that the right thing to do was to go arrest hagrid you know for instance they're just it's just yeah. what a what a thing to say i don't know right
1: yeah and then i love how and i actually am very excited that like i don't remember which chapter was like one two chapters ago when they were like what if it was hagrid and now they're like oh clearly it wasn't hagrid right she's fine she's totally innocent she just loves making friends with monsters that want to eat people that's okay yeah but she's not but she's not guilty
0: right so that comment from lockhart also leads to yet another instance of ron having literally zero chill ron has the least chill of anyone i've ever met even though i obviously not met ron but like he's like fighting lockhart about this like i bet i do know more than you it's like what are you doing and then he's gonna fight is he trying to fight malfoy
1: he he does try to fight Malfoy, uh, in in potions class, and he has to be held back by like four other students. This
0: child has no emotional regulation. <laughs> uh, really
1: needs no. to help him. No, calm the Ron, down. Ron doesn't have. He has like no impulse control. None. And <laughs> right, it's like sometimes just like Ron, chill, like.
0: Be the little bit, the littlest bit subtle. Right. Because it's like his feelings are very frequently the right feelings to have. But like, it's not. Okay. So I didn't, I don't think I talked about it in the last chapter, but when they're sneaking down to Hagrid's house, Ron stubs his toe And he swears when they're under the invisibility cloak and they almost get caught by Snape. Which is actually another example of Ron having no fucking impulse control because you're sneaking out of school under an invisibility cloak and there's a teacher in your eyesight and you can't keep your mouth shut when you stub your toe. But
1: like, but like not only just any teacher, like Snape. Yeah, like the last teacher you want to be caught under an illegal invisibility cloak sneaking out after hours. You would be like licking the cauldrons clean for the rest of the year. Like, come on! (laughs) I mean, not literally, because that's gross and inefficient. But you know what I mean. I
0: do. No, and I feel like that is actually like a Snape (laughs) detention (laughs) that you would assign. Just Ron, his entire head in a cauldron. Be like, you clean it, and then to test whether or not all of the potion is out, you have to lick it and see what happens to you.
1: Yeah, he would do that, actually. And it's so, I don't know, what is actually kind of baffling is just like, how does Ron win at chess? Like, he has no poker face. Oh, good
0: question.
1: And it's like, for someone who's like good at thinking ahead, like moves ahead, it's like, Ron. Ron, my dude. It's... <laughs> Which I guess maybe makes him the most realistic child of the three of them, maybe? I don't know. I was I don't a know.
0: not super well-behaved 12-year-old. I definitely was like, I could leave my house in the middle of the night without, you know, waking up my mom and my dog, even if I, like, tripped over something. That's true.
1: But I guess the other part of it is, I mean, it's not like anyone in his family is super good at like emotional regulation necessarily. I don't know. Like,
0: I don't know. Oh, Ron. <laughs> An involuntary gasp when you're startled is one thing, but like, Ow, I stubbed my toe and I have to say something out loud about it, even though I'm trying to be sneaky of something completely different. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, you could you could no, you can totally keep that quiet. I mean, yeah.
0: Bite the inside of your cheek. There's like a thousand things you can do to not yeah. to not just like act on everything all the time. wrong I
1: mean, anyway. eventually eventually he does get slightly better at it. He gets like you can see him
0: you mean like Maturing. when he's like so fucking fussy about his lack of bacon sandwiches that he abandons his friends is that when Ron has better emotional <laughs>
1: regulation at least he they managed to pull off speaking to the ministries as other people though he didn't fuck it up totally but he yeah 100%
0: point. almost calls his dad dad when they do that <laughs> and he is 18 uh, years old or 17 uh, years old at that point
1: okay fair I guess my I guess my defense of Ron is over. There. there is a sorry, sorry Ron fans out there.
0: I mean Ron has a lot of really good qualities, just like having his shit together at all in terms of like keeping his cool is not not one of his good qualities.
1: Yeah, I feel like having his shit together is not a quality that that Ron has. No.
0: Anyway. <laughs> really (laughs) off topic uh do you have any other politics
1: actually i don't this is a very light on politics light on politics
0: heavy on spiders
1: (laughs) which is a great segue to health and science it sure
0: is (laughs) all right uh welcome to the health and science section where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and/or science slash where we talk about giant nightmare spiders,
1: of which there are many in this chapter. So many. Um. So I did some. I did a little research before the episode because, uh, you know, the spiders are described very like vaguely, like oh, they're the size of a cart horse or the size of a small elephant. Let me tell you about the sizes of those things. So, a draft horse, a working horse. Large, on the large end of that, six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Six feet tall spiders. Not good. Not just terrible. Aragog, probably a eight to ten foot spider. Maybe also a ten foot long spider, which is about the size of a small elephant. So, horrible nightmare spiders. I don't know how Ron didn't black out in fear, honestly.
0: I mean, it sounds like he d- does.
1: Well, he, like, goes kind of catatonic there for a minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, for all we know, the whole time between when they get captured to when they get in the car, Ron could have been in a blackout. <laughs> like, his face isn't yep. moving.
1: Yeah, that's true. He just, like, yeah, his entire... Yeah, I feel like he. I'm not even sure if he remembers what happened,
0: actually. Because
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't think he does.
0: No, I mean, for good fucking reason. This is like his literal worst nightmare.
1: Yeah, I feel. I just feel very, very bad. I feel for Ron.
0: so bad for Ron because
1: giant terrible spiders in the woods. Also, there weren't. Giant horrible spiders in the Forbidden Forest until, what is this? Fifty years ago? Yeah, Thirty years ago? 50. When Hagrid's like, I released my best friend, <laughs> and my best friend also needs a wife. So now there's like, what, like dozens of giant terrible spiders in the
0: Forbidden Forest. I want This
1: isn't. This is an ecological nightmare. Thank you. That's like, my
0: first note. Is this? Is, these are an invasive species. <laughs>
1: Like, they're in this, an invasive species that's an apex predator. What the fuck are they eating? So many creatures in the Forbidden Forest who don't have any way to defend themselves against giant <laughs> six-foot-tall spiders.
0: No, I know. And, and that, that's the question. What are they eating? One, what? No, not just, okay. <laughs> what are they eating? Why are the centaurs not just killing them? Winnie...
1: Winnie? I know! What are they doing? What are the spiders eating, Winnie? Oh, are they eating cats like you? They are.
0: Oh my god, they're probably eating students' cats.
1: They total. well, I guess it depends on how many cats are dumb enough to go into the forbidden forest. Yeah, I don't know. I mean-
0: Because they would totally eat a unicorn, right? Like, if it wandered into there.
1: So, but, but here's the question. So, if- Drinking unicorns' blood Uh-oh. curses you, and these are pretty smart. They're probably not eating unicorns. Maybe there are. Are they eating festrals? I don't know. <gasps> Other winged horses. That's evil. Don't eat a festral. Hi- Hippogriffs. Whatever. I think they're eating whatever things they can find to eat in. But it's like,
0: what is there this in this forest that like they can eat? That's, like, not a magical creature that they really shouldn't be eating. You know, like, how is the forest sustaining them?
1: I don't know. Are there equally large, horrifying bugs for them to eat in the...
0: (laughs) It doesn't sound sound like they want to eat bugs.
1: That's true. They want to eat people. Students (laughs) Is Hagrid feeding them? All of them? (laughs) No, that'd be a lot of meat. Maybe there are deer. There's got to be, like, deer in the forest.
0: Deer are a creature that live in the UK. But Like, how many... It just sounds like there are so many spiders, Jesse. But I guess spiders don't have to eat that often, do they? I don't think so.
1: I don't know enough about the eating patterns of spiders to be able to accurately answer this question. Yeah. But... but, like, okay. So there's allegedly, like, wolves in the forest. The centaurs are... I mean, maybe they're vegetarians, but if they're not, they're eating something, right? Vastrels um, eat meat; they're eating something. I mean, maybe they're scavengers. Actually, which kind of—I don't know. I feel like every—I feel like besides unicorns, I feel like everything else we know about that lives in the forest is like a meat-eating creature potentially.
0: That's true. Maybe Hagrid is just like. Like farming deer and stuff to feed to all of these creatures.
1: Yeah, because I feel like everything they learn about and care of magical creatures, which doesn't necessarily mean it lives in the forest, but like, I mean, Hagrid doesn't have necessarily interest in any kind of herbivore. <laughs> so
0: that's true.
1: So I don't know. Let's uh, uh, we will continue to categorize uh, <laughs> creatures that live in the Forbidden Forest to figure out what exactly the spiders are eating.
0: We do have to we do have to talk about like why the f- spiders are afraid of basilisks. Apparently in Greek mythology there's something that says that like basilisk skin can be used in the home to ward against spiders, but nothing more than that. Interesting. Which presumably is what this is based in, but like why? The only, all the speculation on the internet is like, well, spiders have like eight eyes that they can't close, and if you look at a basilisk, you die. But like, lots of things have eyes that don't close, including other snakes and basilisks themselves. So like, that doesn't, if that would mean that like, then all bugs should, should be the mortal enemies of basilisks.
1: Maybe it's just the mortal enemies when you have hyper intelligent talking spiders like we have in this situation, where they have like.
0: No, but they follow cult- regular spiders that are fleeing. Mm. But it should be also like I don't know cockroaches and flies and mosquitoes. Yeah,
1: but like, does it? What does Aragog say that it's like the of all their kind? It's like the you know Basilisks are their their enemies or whatever. Yeah. Maybe this is like maybe Basilisks are like boogeyman of giant nightmare spiders, or it's like. Finish eating your dead rat. A million baby spiders are the best. That's gonna come and maybe it's like a like a fairy tale boogeyman for like giant spiders. Maybe. I mean, I, they're at the top of the food chain. I mean, there really isn't much else that's gonna like. I feel like even people are like, can't really do much against.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. We don't speak its name. <laughs> Cause why? because the plot Plot. (laughs) (laughs) oh that was good that was really good do you have anything else about them or anything else in health and science
1: no they're terrifying i don't want to look into spiders anymore because they looking at a photo of a spider creeps me out so
0: no no (laughs) more spider research (laughs)
1: this this is this is is all i got y'all if but if anyone out there is uh Entomologist and they study spiders Uh, let us know what you think about the logistics of how a giant nightmare spider would live in the world. Okay, thanks.
0: Yeah, how often would they need to eat?
1: I mean, I feel like large predators don't need or they don't eat very often because like hunting
0: is a crapshoot but like I don't think they need to eat very often. But also like like, spiders I feel like don't eat as frequently as like mammals, because they don't have to keep themselves warm.
1: You know, I guess they're spiders. Maybe just like small animals that caught in their web and they just ate a bunch of small meals.
0: That's true. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the classified section where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. Don't fast forward. <laughs> All right, so we got to preface what's happening right now. Listeners, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you will have no idea why what's happening right now is as funny as it's going to be, but I think you'll still enjoy it. And um, you get to hear Jessie responding in real time. This is the first time she's listening to (laughs) this thing I have created. Oh, no. (laughs) So, all right, here we go. You really... (laughs)
1: Oh my god. Clearly the best use of a Sarah McLachlan song ever. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, so how do you feel about it?
1: Love it. I love it so
0: much. Great. Yeah, you know, I have like no impulse control when it comes to um, creating songs for this (laughs) podcast. I love how we like didn't start
1: off... With the idea of doing this, but just because of our hilarious, our ridiculous personalities
0: are just like, yes, we clearly need to have weird music that we just (laughs) say. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so I don't know how frequently we'll use that in our uh, personals ads, but I do want to say that Patreon really encourages people to have like an intro video. And when we are together next week, we will be recording an ASPCA-style commercial that I will lay that music on top of. That will be our Patreon welcome video. So that'll be great.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been scoping out f- uh, f- flower gardens for us to frolic in. Yeah,
0: perfect. It's gonna be great. All right, <laughs> all right, all right now we're going to talk to you about what happens when you become a patron and what that bonus content looks like because we are working to meet our first patreon goal which is really exciting and when we meet this goal we will be able to fund one episode a month if we pay ourselves and theo 25 dollars an hour if we pay ourselves less than that, it'll be like one and a half episodes a month, you know, if you if you all think that that's an unreasonable amount, but I went with the lowest amount that uh, audio production pays, <laughs> um, according to Glassdoor.com, you know, figured that was a reasonable place to start. But between the three of us, it takes like 35 hours a episode to bring you this podcast and... To be quite frank, like with my disability status, that's not actually a super sustainable thing for me to do if I also have to keep doing my regular work at the rate that I currently do it. And so we're really hoping that we can meet this Patreon goal and I will be able to scale back a little bit with my other work and still be able to pay for my life. There's some rad stuff on Patreon, though. Let's talk about that.
1: There's so much good stuff on Patreon. We have the Queer Blur, which is our original, 110% original fanfiction. I guess maybe original
0: fanfiction is oxymoron.
1: But (laughs) we, it's not anywhere else except for on our Patreon.
0: The Queer Blur is fanfic that we make up on the spot, like that campfire storytelling game where you take turns. uh, So we just like pick a plot ahead of time and then we just and then we just do that and it's honestly fucking fantastic um turns out that's a thing we're really good at you know what you all should just support us on patreon it's super fun over there we bring you a lot of really good stuff um and the more patrons we have the more time and energy we can put into making things for patreon so it's sort of this like beautiful little closed loop of happiness these these are all things you need in your life so so, do it. Someone just did it today. We just got a new uh, patron this morning, this morning as of the day that we're recording. So, Ooh, Max, excellent. Thank you for joining us on Patreon. We are so happy to have you. All right. Next up in the classified section subject let's produce more offspring than this ecosystem can possibly sustain. <laughs> In search of a huge, hairy, many limbed lady who wants to endlessly reproduce with a dashing, similarly shaped fellow until we until we've destroyed this forest and every living thing in it. <laughs> Bonus if you share a love of terrorizing school children and a highly questionable Ayn Randian moral compass <laughs> <laughs> Oh no.
1: <laughs> oh. <sighs> That's amazing,
0: <laughs> I'm so glad jesse Jesse provided the um substrate for this week's classifieds. I was really struggling to come up with something for this for this particular episode, so thank you so much, Jesse, for the suggestion.
1: I just kept thinking about it like agrant hey, no <laughs> <laughs> why
0: uh, because forethought is not really Hagrid's strong suit.
1: You know, it's okay. I get a little bit, like, starry-eyed about animals also. Um, (laughs) I was volunteering at animal control, and someone walked in literally with a bin full of kittens, (sighs) and I was almost like, just give them to me. I'll
0: take them. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) There was nine of them. So I came in with a bin full of nine kittens. Oh, my God. I I did not take them.
0: Obviously. I'm so proud of you.
1: <laughs> I had to tell Nicole to be like, guess what I didn't do today? I did not bring up nine kids.
0: You deserve and such <laughs> such a reward for that.
1: So I feel like, considering that those are my struggles, I feel like I really understand Hagrid and her struggles. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, but
0: you're lonely. So- Fuck, you know, indigenous species and oh not letting these spiders take over the entire forest and then eat my friends let's think about the moment where you're saying that you would like to mate sounds great
1: maybe the centaurs are the things keeping the spiders from taking over
0: probably that's like how they like, teach the baby centaurs how to like shoot they do their target practice on the spiders
1: I mean I like that's enough but you would have to be pretty bad at archery to not hit a six foot tall probably very wide spider that's
0: true but if you miss wherever you're you have to hit them to kill them you're in kind of a lot of trouble
1: (laughs) yeah that's true
0: i've heard that tarantulas are good for eating like big ones
1: i mean yeah that's probably the most meaty bug you can get
0: they call them land crabs
1: (laughs) oh no (laughs) what if they taste like lobster
0: why is that sad (laughs)
1: I wouldn't eat one, but I really love lobster, but it's not necessarily a thing that's like super ecologically friendly, which is uh, harvesting lobster. But you know what probably I mean, is?
0: Is eating giant spiders.
1: Man, if they didn't tell me what it was and it was, I could just pretend it was seafood, maybe I would just eat it.
0: I would eat spiders with you.
1: I mean, lobster is sort of like a sea bug. Yeah, I feel like I mean, if like, I can like, eat
0: crawfish, I can probably do anything. That's fair. welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff i only
1: have one editorial
0: go for it
1: hagrid brought aragog from a random person when she was like 13 why hagrid stopped buying random eggs from weirdo <laughs> what is happening <laughs> why
0: she's learned no lessons since she was 13 <laughs> She's like, it went so well with the giant spider that got me expelled. I should definitely buy this three headed dog and this dragon and who the fuck knows what all.
1: I guess for the record, Hagrid and Aragog were lifelong buds, so
0: That's true. And and <laughs> as much as Aragog is capable of love, he does seem to love Hagrid, hence the Ayn Randian moral compass.
1: <laughs>
0: this is no, my... I
1: won't eat you. <laughs> Right. Eric <laughs> a- 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 goes back to reading the fountainhead. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm already imagining the episode Our... art. <laughs> Carrie and Ron just bloody in the background, Eric just with a book.
1: Each each, it's like four of Aragog's legs. Each have a different Anran.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> you just made it so much better.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: All right. Uh, I know we have like so many more listeners than we have uh, social media followers. and I feel like any time that something like this comes up, I have to be like, remember, we make a lot of really really good very silly stuff for social media Um, so if you want to see photoshop of a giant spider reading Ayn Rand books (laughs) you should probably go follow us on social media now
1: Uh, and then you could forward it to that your one cousin who reads a lot of Ayn Rand and you hate yes so And then you should steal their money and give and give it to us. <laughs>
0: them with the text that just says "literally you." <laughs> <sighs> oh god. Anyway, okay. I just hate everything about this spider scene so much, and it makes me so frustrated with Hagrid because these are tiny baby children just little tiny baby children and you sent them into, into hell like what did you do Hagrid why what were you thinking who who does that like don't do that that's bad and it it ought not to have happened
1: yeah that's some uh some some serious <laughs> serious lack. what is it not lack of judgment uh like if harry and ron hadn't have flown the car to hogwarts and I like, went into the woods they would have been eaten by spiders and that would have been the end it
0: sure would yeah
1: And then Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series end with Harry being by a giant spike.
0: If this was a choose your own adventure, (laughs) like six of the seven (laughs) endings of that chapter would be you have died. Oh, I would, I would totally read a Harry Potter choose your own adventure.
1: Yes. All of them would end up with you dying.
0: Yes. All right. Anyway, I am really mad that Harry leaves Fang cowering in his basket and just leaves. Fuck off. You and Ron and Fang all need some help. Get in there with Fang, lay on Hagrid's bed and pet Fang until you all calm down and release some oxytocin at each other. Like, this dog needs to be held. You guys need to be held. It's just... How dare you? How dare you leave this dog in distress, cowering in his basket. I'm so mad about it.
1: After being carried of my giant spiders. Also, on that note, Harry should have, like, given Ron a hug or something. Like, Ron desperately needs a hug. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> alright, have fun in your own bed, Ron. Like, what?
0: I know. Just probably, like, to be plagued by nightmares. I mean, Ron is gonna have, like, the worst fucking, like, stress hangover the next day. Ugh, no, thank you.
1: I feel like Ron for the rest of his life. Whenever, like, he wants Harry to do something for him, is like remember the time I followed you into the forest and there was giant nightmare spiders. So watch my kids, Kate. Okay, yeah, <laughs>
0: no, that's kind of fair. <laughs> Also on that note, it really bugged me that when the car shows up, Harry is like, Ron, grab Fang. When Ron has been like blacked out with his face in like perma scream since they got there and Harry's like, you grab the dog. I'm getting in the car now. (laughs) What? Oh, Harry, why? That's so inappropriate. And I went back, because I noticed that, and I was like, maybe there's something that says that, like, Fang is much closer to Ron than he is to Harry, or, like, they're already, like, right next to each other or something, but there isn't. So that's just really inappropriate, you know? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like Harry's just really used to just being, like, whatever when a traumatic thing happens, (laughs) so it's hard for him to be like, oh, yeah, everyone does this and be like, just another traumatic thing that happened to me. You know. I guess. I don't I mean I don't know if that's actually true, but I'm just like, yeah, like Harry, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, you get the dog. At least he thought of the dog. You know. There's at least that. (laughs) Welcome to the horoscopes section where you get horoscopes for the most relevant characters with known birthdays in these chapters. Leo. You really can't trust anyone's advice, Leo. Rather than trying, why don't you stay in bed today? (laughs) Pisces, your worst fears are about to come true. Hide if you can. Poor Ron. (laughs) Poor Ron. Thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet. The Gaily Prophet is produced, mixed, and edited by me, Lark Malachi Gray. If you haven't already, tell all of your friends about how much you love The Gaily Prophet, and then go rate and review us on iTunes, or Facebook, or Stitcher, and then go do some other stuff. Like, I don't know what, Jesse, You can always
1: email us a question, or if you know a lot about spiders... Uh, I want to tell us all about spiders. You totally should, because I don't want—I don't want to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want
0: to know. Oh, if you've eaten a tarantula, please tell us. Oh my God! Yeah, cooked. Don't. If you've eaten a live spider on purpose, don't tell us that, please.
1: Great. There's a variety of ways of supporting us. You can always uh, like us on social. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Gaily Prophet. Um, we also have a website with our shop where you can buy cool merch at com, and uh we may have talked a little bit about our patreon but you should totally go there and uh become a patron please do <laughs> don't you don't you want to support us and have us continue to make this awesome content no that's that's too snarky no it's
0: not it's fine you can also make a one-time donation through our website where you you also get cool merch that way. But yeah, if you don't want to become an ongoing patron, you can, you can just do a one-time donation.
1: If you have a particularly homophobic or racist uh, relative, you should take their money and uh, donate it to us. <gasps> and then
0: send them a receipt. <laughs> you should. You should send them a receipt... All, i think all of the donation tiers come with our postcard pack so you can send them a receipt staple to the was jesus a witch postcard
1: <laughs> <laughs> really you know really just kind of like you know stir the pot before the holiday season arrives <laughs> so really you know we're we're here for you in that regard um, sure <laughs> um in between episodes <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. I'm also on Instagram at Live from Detroit.
0: You can find me in between episodes at my website, larkmalakai.com. That's dot icom where you can learn about all the various things that I do with my life for money and obtain some of those services if you want them. You can also find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi or at Radical Healer. Our
1: spoiler warning was by Sarah Sawar. Uh, our, the music for our theme is by Kevin McLeod and our logo art is by Theo Julian Forster who also produces weekly comics for each episode which you should definitely look, put your eyeballs on because they look amazing and they're incredible. You're here, and
0: until next
1: time. Cart horse, invasive species, nightmare fuel.
0: What is the second word? What does that mean? Oh
1: my god! Okay, so it is one of my Oxford English Dictionary words today. Um, it means basically like it. It's like improvised. It was. I don't want to say reaching today, but I was like, oh, no, I only have two words. No,
0: I, that's cool. So. I like it when they're words that I'm like, what? <laughs>
1: here, here at the Gailey Prophet, we also provide some uh, new vocabulary. <laughs> For my Ravenclaws out there, always be learning, you know. <laughs>